Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind, I'm Brian McAllen. Jolie Mason is not your average blind adult from Los Angeles. She is an information pioneer for the blind in the Los Angeles area. In 1993, Jolie became blind and recognized a critical need for a radio reading service in Southern California. She found that the blind and visually impaired didn't have access to newspapers and current magazines. Jolie is a resourceful soul, and she founded the Los Angeles Radio Reading Service, or LARS, to fill this need. Today, she's the project director at LARS, and a real leader, in my opinion. And the LA Radio Reading Service offers everything from classic short stories to programs for teenagers. But that's not the only service Jolie has brought to Hollywood. Jolie brought audio description to the blind in L.A. In 1994, eight listeners enjoyed the first audio-described Rose Parade. It gives me goosebumps to think of how Jolie brought this enjoyable experience to the blind community around the world more than 20 years ago. Today, the listenership of the described parade has grown to 1.8 million TV viewers, over 40 radio reading services in America, and 200 on the parade route. And Julie started it all. Julie joins us today to tell us about her activities and how she brought the radio reading service and audio description to Southern California and inspired World Impact on Blind Services. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate the opportunity. Let's first learn about you. The Los Angeles Radio Reading Service website, Lars.org, says that you became blind during your adulthood. How did you become blind, and how did that affect your life? You know, there's a variety of, of things that caused my blindness. Um, I actually had 11 different surgeries over eight years. I went blind and then regained my sight, went blind again, regained my sight, and, and now I'm, I'm uh, blind at this point. So um, there's just a lot of different things uh, that went on, and um, it was very different each time. The first time was just catastrophic. The second time was even worse because I knew what I was in for, but the third time... It was just no big deal. I'd been sighted. I'd been blind. I, I can do either one. So either way, you can do it. You bet. And were, were you always a leader? And were you always driven to be resourceful and seek change for yourself and others? You know, no, I wasn't always a, a leader. In fact, I was in um, school. I was generally a fairly quiet person. But I realized when... I lost my vision that I couldn't just sort of uh, sit and, and, you know, kind of watch people. I liked watching people and stuff. I really was going to have to um, get up and get out and do things. And 
if there was some kind of difference, I was going to have to make that difference. So it really, um, it really was quite a journey. But uh, yes, now at, at this point, I, I recognize that just ordinary, regular people are the people who uh, become the leaders. Get up, get out, and get it done. And you <laughs> I understand that you're the founder of the Los Angeles Radio Reading Service. How did you decide to start the service? I understand it revolved around the dire need for a radio reading service in L.A. It did. Um, I actually was back east. I was on a travel assignment. Uh, I originally worked um, as a senior software engineer, and I was on a travel assignment back east in Washington, D.C., and um, I remembered how uh, how wonderful it was when I got my first guide dog from the Seeing Eye in um, New Jersey, and I listened to the uh, Eyes of New Jersey, and it was just a fabulous experience. So when I went to Washington, D.C., I wasn't too surprised to find out that there was a radio reading service there. It was the Metropolitan Washington Ear. Um, but the person who told me how to uh, find out about it actually was deaf-blind. Um, her husband was the handicapped coordinator. They used the word handicap in those days for NASA. And she knew about the radio reading service. I was staying at their house uh, until I got set up at my own place. And she told me about the Metropolitan Washington Ear, and I got a, a radio. And when I finished that assignment after about 10 months, I came out here to Los Angeles, and I fully expected there to be a radio reading service. So it was, a, it was kind of a surprise to find out that there wasn't one. L.A. had movies and TV shows, but no radio reading service. Seriously, I thought it was a, a mecca of entertainment and that I would just have absolutely no problem finding out uh, where the radio reading service was. But, uh, you know, um, I was lucky enough uh, late at night to hear a uh, announcement on KPFK that said, do radio for your community. And it talked about... Um, the apprenticeship program. And I thought, oh my gosh, maybe a blind person is listening and they'll start a radio reading service because we really need a radio reading service here in Los Angeles. And then it was even later at night. Um, and I heard the, uh, I heard the message again, do radio for your community. And I think, oh my gosh, this is pretty late at night for a blind person to be listening. I hope somebody is listening who's going to start a radio reading service. And then even later in the morning, it was like, after four o'clock in the morning, I was listening to uh, Roy of Hollywood, and here's here's this announcement: Do radio for your community. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's so late. There might not be any other blind person listening. And of course, I'm a blind person. I thought, oh, oh, it was just a whole new shocking idea. Maybe I should start a radio rating service. And I thought, I don't know anything about radio. And then I realized, you know, what was the announcement? Do Radio for Community join the apprenticeship program? 80 people applied. They interviewed 40 of us. Uh, I was lucky enough to be one of the eight people they um, accepted for that opportunity. And after that internship program, it gave you the tools and guidance to start the service. You went from broadcasting only just a couple hours a day in 1995 to 24-7. 
now. One tiny little correction there. Sure. When you say you, I am the least part of the radio reading service. I actually can't read. Um, I, I engineer only du- under duress um, and, and all of those kinds of things. So I, I do want to emphasize I'm not the radio reading service. It's all the incredibly wonderful people who um, uh, set up the programming, our local producers who do the shows, um, our great volunteers who every morning come in and read the Los Angeles Times and the Daily News. It's everybody else except me. Um, but I'm the person responsible for raising the money to pay the bills. So that's a good part. So we know you got the newspapers, the LA Times included. What other kind of programs does the station offer? You know, I really want to hear from listeners what they would like to have on the air. Um, Every single time I hand out a radio, about 10 days after, it's supposed to be a week, but I kind of procrastinate, I call the person up and say, have you gotten a chance to, to plug in the radio, to turn it on? And then there's a series of questions that I go through, but the last one is always, now that you've heard what the radio reading service is all about, is there something that we're not programming, a show that you would like us to put on the air? And then I keep a list of what our listeners have suggested we put on the air. And that started at, it got as high as 16 different radio shows. I've whittled it down to six still shows that we haven't been able to put on the air yet. So we do absolutely everything. We have sports shows and exercise shows and health shows and news shows and oh, a wonderful show called Asian Influential. That's on Saturday. Uh, By the Book is a great show where they interview... Um, Matthew Worley does that. He uh, interviews um, authors about the experience of having written the particular book. It's it's kind of like um, the, the Moth. I don't know if you've you've heard that show on NPR, but kind of like the Moth meets Bookworm or something. It's it's really a great show. And then we have old time radio shows. You name it, we've got a show about it. How do our listeners subscribe to and volunteer for the reading service? Well, um, there isn't a subscription. It's free. You would go to the Los Angeles Radio Reading Service webpage. It's lars.org, L-A-R-R-S, for Los Angeles Radio Reading Service, dot O-R-G. There's a place where you can listen. You can first listen with using our demo password, which is the word independence, all spelled out, small letters, and see where it says listen live for independence. That's why the word is ind- independence is there, because I'm so bad at spelling. That tells me how to spell the word. Anyway, you can put that in as a demo uh, password. And then if you're interested in uh, actually continuing to listen to the Los Angeles Radio Reading Service, simply email us at that same under contact us where it says Los Angeles Radio Reading Service. And we can give you um, an individual password if you'd like. The only reason we have to do the the password thing is because we do read copyrighted information. We broadcast 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We read from seven different best-selling books every day. We read from over 200 different magazines each month. So there's, uh, and of course, the LA Times Daily News from uh, 9 to 11 in the morning. Then that's rebroadcast from uh, 4 to 6 in the afternoon. What are some of the additional radio reading services that our listeners can tune in across the nation as well as locally? I know we've got your service, but there's other ones out there. Oh, my goodness. There are 97 different radio reading services across the country and, and around the world. There are radio reading services in England. There are radio reading services in Australia, New Zealand, um, 
all kinds of different places. Uh, if you go to the International Association of Audio Information Services webpage, I know it's a, a long name, but it says a lot. It's uh, IAAIS. It's the International Association, because it is around the world, the International Association of Audio Information Services. And they're called Audio Information Services because not all of them are on the radio. Some of them are on uh, the second audio program of television stations. Some of them are available through apps. For example, you can go to Here's really simple. Go to TuneIn Radio on an, an iPhone or Android phone and simply type in radio reading services. And you know what comes up? A whole list of different things that you can tap on and find other radio reading services. Or go to IAAIS.org and uh, type in a zip code and it will tell you the nearest radio reading service to you. So let's hope that our listeners are going to tune into Lars and to the other radio reading services to stay informed, entertained, and maybe be inspired too. Now, I understand that you brought audio description to Los Angeles. How did you do just that? You know, I did. I'm the person who brought audio description to uh, Southern California. I did not realize that audio description was not around in California. When I was back in Washington, D.C., the woman who started the Metropolitan Washington Ear had actually started audio description. She's the person who, Margaret Fonsteel, she's the person who actually created audio description. And so everything back in Washington, D.C., anytime anyone would come and visit me, the sports uh, things, they had audio description at the hockey games, at the theater. Um, I could take people just anywhere. And there would be a lot of different choices, the arena, theater, you name it. Kennedy Center had audio described stuff. I didn't realize how special that was, that she had made such a mark on that city. So when I came out here to Los Angeles, I had thought there would be audio description, but there wasn't. It really was just, again, it's that same idea. I wanted to listen to a radio reading I wanted things to be audio described. So the radio reading service uh, started an audio description workshop. I helped uh, start the rules for that, but I've got to give a lot of credit to... Uh, uh, Terry Grossman, who has continued audio description and now describes in the Los Angeles area for the Center Theater Group, uh, and of course Deb Lewis, who uh, came out um, and uh, she was one of the audio describers for the Olympics when she came out and helped us kind of um, set down principles and things like that for audio description. And now there's an audio describer, a uh, whole group of people, an audio description uh, webpage, all kinds of different things like that. This is very nice. Now, one of the shows you've done is the Rose Parade, correct? Uh, yes, I have done the Rose Parade every year. Um, organized the audio description for that since 1994. What are the current numbers for the Rose Parade, the audio description portion? Well... In our area, um, which is right by the Paseo, Colorado, we have about 150 people who are blind and their families that join us there at the parade. And if you're coming to the parade, you have to bring a little radio uh, and, and a headset to listen. Um, we broadcast on 104.7, so you have to have an FM radio that picks up that radio station. Um, down there at the parade. It's a little local broadcast. Um, I don't suggest if you're coming to the parade that you uh, try to use any of the 
iPhone apps to get our radio uh, to get our our stream because uh, down there there's just so many z- a zillion people using their cell phone so that the yeah cell phone isn't very reliable as far as a way to pick up a stream so I do suggest if you're actually coming to the Rose Parade please remember to bring your little FM radio and and tune uh, to 104.7 down there uh, that way. But a second way that you can get the radio reading services if you're subscribing to the Los Angeles Radio Reading Service and you have one of our regular old off-of-the-air radio, we do um, broadcast on 88.5 FM, the 67 kilohertz of that, so you can just tune tune in on the regular radio that we provide people for the radio reading service. Um, or if you're outside of our broadcast area, obviously there are uh, apps if you're at home. Um there is the Cero, S-E-R-O, the Cero app. It used to be iBlink Radio. Uh, we're also on OOTunes. And um, if you call us ahead of time, I can give you a stream name to type in with TuneIn Radio so that we can be on TuneIn. Uh, you can listen to us on TuneIn Radio. I'm actually trying to get uh, the radio reading service to come up on that list of radio reading services when you type in. So maybe that will have happened by then, too. And if all of those are not available to you, simply log on to the web on the Radio Reading Service webpage. Remember, L-A-R-R-S dot O-R-G. On that webpage, we put up a special uh, Rose Parade page. It has two streams on it. One is that television stream that matches the HGTV picture, and the other is our radio broadcast uh, we're there live on the street at uh, Garfield in Colorado, and so you can tap on either one of those links and listen. And then there's a rebroadcast in the afternoon from 4 to 6. I know you've conducted training on audio description, and I know that there's a list of rules for audio describers. What are some of the rules, really quickly? You know, the, rule, the main rule is um, let the person who is blind come to information about what is going on themselves. You don't have to patronize them. You don't have to explain it to them. They're just really interested in knowing what's going on that's not part of the dialogue. So when people are not speaking, simply fill them in on what information the picture is giving them. What do you see? Describe that. So that's really the basic thing about audio description is, you know, don't steal that aha moment. Um, you know, people want to put two and two together. Just give them what's going on, and then they can draw their own conclusions. No intellectualizing, no patronizing, none of that stuff. People people can get it. They just need to know what's happening on the screen that they're not uh, hearing through the dialogue. How do our listeners become audio describers? You know, um, actually, what people can participate in an audio description is actually called an expert audience. People who are blind can actually participate in deciding what is good audio description, are they getting it across, um, those kinds of things. Uh, They can't actually uh, do the audio description, that does take eyesight. But the um, expert audience, every single thing, for example, um, AudioEyes is is a great group that does audio description with Rick Boggs. Um, that group, every single thing they audio describe, they have an expert audience watch it so that they're sure, and of course by watching it, it, it means you're quote-unquote listening, but um, I always use the cited verbs anyway, um, and that kind of thing. So, so people can participate in that way. If you um, find something that's audio described, please um, write 
or contact or uh, tweet or whatever you want to do, go to the Facebook page of whatever thing that audio described, um, whether it was Netflix or it was uh, like um, uh, C- CBS or whoever, whoever it is that you've watched or enjoyed anything that's audio described, contact them. People don't realize that blind people are out there using that service. And, you know, it'll go away if we're not uh, really, really um, diligent in speaking out, just like the show, right? It's really important to make your voice heard, that you want audio description, you've enjoyed this audio description, and why isn't there more? And um, I hope if people can do that, we'll eventually have the kind of force that it takes every single thing out there, after all, now has captioning for people who are deaf or hard of hearing. Uh, Why don't we just get out there, get active, start making it happen, and make sure that audio description is available on every single thing for people who are blind. That would be excellent. Definitely very Hollywood. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to add? You know, I want to I want to add a thank you. I really, really appreciate this opportunity. I hope everybody has a chance to either come to the Rose Parade or listen or watch it on HGTV. And, and thank you so much for helping me speak out and get the word out there. You're very welcome, Jolie. And you're inspirational and commended for the huge number of people that benefit from your efforts. And we hope that our listeners are going to check out the Los Angeles Radio Reading Service the upcoming audio-described Rose Parade 2, because the New Year's just around the corner, and additional offerings in their local communities and keep up with the news and entertainment that affect their lives. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, a pleasure. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website, that's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org, and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking-out-for-the-blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out! Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. With the tagline of, you don't need sight, cook dinner tonight, cooking in the dark will leave your mouth watering. Host Dale and Cheryl serve up a plethora of tasty treats and delectable dishes topped off with a healthy garnish of humor on a weekly basis. To view the complete archive of Cooking in the Dark programs, please visit www.cookinginthedark.libsyn.com. 
cookingintheDark.com. We leave you with a montage of prior Cooking in the Dark episodes. Welcome to Cooking in the Dark. This is Cheryl Cummings, and I'm going to introduce to you the man who proves to us every week that you don't need sight to cook dinner tonight, Dale Campbell. Man, Heidi Ho. We're going to have to uh, get something up to keep these rambunctious people out of the kitchen. We're going to start off with the honey chicken wings. Let's turn our attention to this um, delicious 21st century macaroni and cheese. Salmon croquets. I'm also going to tell you how to make either a killer red sauce or a very delicious herb tartar. Join Dale Campbell and Cheryl Cummings for Cooking in the Dark. Cooking in the Dark is heard Saturdays on ACB Radio Mainstream at 10 p.m. Eastern, repeating every two hours through Sunday. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything.